0: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I am joined by Simon Warren, noted authority on all things vertiginous in the world of climbing on bicycles. Recently, we ran an article on the site that was written by Simon, which first appeared in Cycling Puss magazine, and it was a summary of seven of the UK's steepest, most unpleasant, most horriblest climbs. Today, we're going to be talking through those climbs, Simon's experiences on them, and in addition, we are going to talk a little bit about Simon's book, his background in hill climbing, and maybe a bit of gossip about a climb in Manchester I just heard. So Simon, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
0: Uh, I'm great, thank you. And where are you Um, dialing in from? uh, Sheffield, from my
1: basement. Oh, lovely. A steep set of stairs out of that basement? Uh, Very steep.
0: And you have to sort of post yourself in. We didn't have the best builders, but they were cheap. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, anything over my height, you have to sort of post yourself through the hole to get down here. But uh, yeah, I like it. It's my my own little kingdom
1: your own little masochist's cave where you think about horrible things on bicycles. So tell us a little bit about who you are, your background in cycling, and more specifically, how you became interested in climbing on bikes as a whole.
0: Um, Well, I'm Simon Warren. I'm 49 now. I live in Sheffield, married, two children. Um, (laughs) I started cycling in 1988, so a long time ago. Mm. Um, I basically had lots of money in the bank Decided I'd buy myself something. I was going to buy a skateboard. Uh, this tried is out. How a, you didn't. Yeah, tried <laughs> out a friend's skateboard and realized I didn't have the right center of gravity for that because I mm-hmm. kept falling off. In the end, I decided to buy a racing bike because um, i always always fetish, fetishized over racing yeah. bikes with thin tires and stuff. And you know, the bigger lads in the village, some of them had them. It was like it was always seemed to be something that was unobtainable, exotic. Mm-hmm. But I realized I had the spending power. I didn't spend anything i had uh, you get the full story here uh yeah uh, lots, of lucrative, lots of lucrative babysitting jobs uh and <laughs> I, I put all my money away i'd find pennies on the floor and put them away but yeah so i ended up yeah i had the money um i bought myself a proper racing bike from phil staples in newark yeah 12 what speed was the bike? Uh, it was a rally courser Mm, um, if you look at my website you'll see my entire potted bike history uh so you'll, you'll see it there um yeah and it was it was just as Shimano had launched uh, it's SDI gears and SLR brakes Biopace chain rings so everything was suddenly modern internal cables it had a 531 frame tw- you know, 19 mil tires probably um and it was a, it was a bona fide racing bike and I loved it but I hadn't really thought past the purchase of the bike what if I was going to ride it or what I was going to do with it. I mean, I sort of rode around the village posing a bit. Um, but my uncle was a racing cyclist and he came down and he basically press ganged me into riding it. <laughs> and uh, a few months later, press ganged me into riding a time trial in the A1 with the with the wagons going up and down between Newark and Grantham.
1: Wow, that's and a classic time trial uh, experience. A horrible yeah. pill carriage <laughs> and, uh, it sort of. I was on the start
0: line I had a, I had a banana and the tools in my back pocket. I had a water bottle and he just came up to me and he took everything out of my pockets, threw it on the grass, took my water bottle, threw it away and said, grab the bars, pedal as hard as you can to the turn. And then pedal as hard as you can back. And that was it. And, um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week I went faster and the week after I went faster and I never whisked one for about three years. Um, that's wonderful. And that was right. sort of the, yeah, the, so the late eighties. And then we had the club hill climb championship that year um, we had a really good junior in the club, and he had all the gear. He had the disc wheel and the low-profile bike. His dad had obviously invested something in him. I, I just turned up sort of out the blue, but I beat him in the club hill climb to be the fastest junior, which sent shockwaves through our little <laughs> club. You know, who's this imposter turning up and winning? Oh, yeah, this lad was meant to win everything. So I turned – like I, I didn't have much of a gift, but I had just enough of you know my power-to-weight ratio was just right, and I was suited to going uphill where I could maybe suffer quite a lot. So that's what became my thing. I mean, yeah, I'd never won a trophy before of any sort. All of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at something, and there's other things going on in life. Yeah, that sort of time, mm-hmm. seventeen, eighteen. I didn't. I wasn't into drinking, drugs, and stuff. I wanted my own identity, and mm-hmm. I found my tribe within cycling. Um, it was it was it was instant. All the people down the cycling club, I fitted in with. Egg, yeah, know, completely. We had a great laugh. Um, but yeah, hill climb became my thing. Um, I started riding, you know, open events mm-hmm. locally, going into Derbyshire, um, sometimes a bit further afield. I'd never won an open event. I had a second place once, but I was, I was competitive. I could, you know, win two or three quid each week. And, um, and, you know, something that struck me, I just, I loved the name of the climbs, even though the idea of the book was still years and years in the future, mm-hmm. but things like, you know, Riber or, um, other climbs like the Devil's Staircase, Rosedale Chimney, the Rake. You know, if you went, you go to North of Manchester. You mentioned the Rake and Ramsbottom. Everyone knows about the Rake. Mm. It's you know, it's the road with the handrail, and it, it, it's sort of these things. You know, I just I just love the aspect of it. Um, so hills, hills became my, my 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 calling card in a sense. I did Wonderful. you know time trialing, road racing, and then I went to university. Uh, I broke my knee dancing on the, dan- on the di- dance floor to punk rock music, had wow. 10 years off the bike, moved to London, right. uh, decided to get fit again uh, when I hit 30 because I was bored of drinking and dancing then. Um, and yeah, just got back into racing and, and, and started hill climbing again.
1: And, and how did your reintroduction to hill climb uh, hill climbing go? Was it just every bit as unpleasant as when you left it uh, off?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was with a di- I was in a different part of the world then, uh, but I was I'd been working at Cycling Weekly. Well, I was working at Cycling Weekly, um, but then I, I didn't really start racing again till I actually left the magazine, uh, which is strange. But um, one of my mentors there, Richard Hallett, who you may have come across, mm-hmm. ah, Hallett's um, a very good
1: bike builder. I bumped into him in yes. Wales last year. He was a very lovely man. So, oh no, yeah, he's a big influence
0: on my life. He um, was very much uh, sort of like my uncle, sort of yeah, take no nonsense, and he'll just drag you out and say, "Get out and ride." And I sort of like that approach. Uh, it's probably called bullying nowadays, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it worked for me. <laughs> um, and he goes, "Right, Simon, right, you're going to a hill climb. You've got to ride the Catford in the back." And uh, this was this; these were the d two mm. big hill climbs in the southeast, and you couldn't you couldn't ride one. You had to ride the Catford in the morning. And then do the beck in the afternoon. Anyone who rides once, just, just not playing the game properly. So that was sort of my reintroduction. And yeah, it was horrible. Uh, but the next year, um, you know, I started taking it a bit more seriously. We didn't have children yet. So I had but like, time on my hands and a bit of energy. Um, I got a first cat license after a couple of years. Um, and then just got, you know, I got better and better at Hillclives. But still, I wasn't winning. I was just, uh, but I was happy and doing my own thing, beating myself, torturing myself, getting my Mm -hmm. weight down each each autumn. Um, I used to race at 67 kilograms, and I'd never, ever get anywhere near that now. But, yeah, it was great. But then kids Mm -hmm. came along. um, I juggled it for a bit um, but realized I need a better excuse to ride my bike at the weekend because going out and riding 90-mile road races and coming home miserable, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't going down well at home, and I couldn't really justify it. So,
1: so, oh, sorry. Carry on.
0: Well, well, yeah, and so the idea for the book came along, and it's sort of lots of that was one of the reasons I wanted to keep cycling, but then another reason I we needed a bit more money. Um, I was watching too much TV in the evenings. You know, mm-hmm. once you've seen a few years of East is you realise it's it's just cyclical. You know, you you, you everyone just calls each other a. And then newer people turn up and call each other and then they fight. And you just realize you're wasting your life. So I went, sat at my desk with a blank piece of paper and wrote down those ideas I had in the top of my head, which I'd been meaning to get onto. And one of them was the little black book of hill climbs. Mm-hmm. So I could tell everyone in the country where these were. Um, it sort of coincided with a boom in cycling after the Beijing Olympics, Um and I just knew that, you know, if I was a cyclist, I would want to know where all the steep hills were. And, you know, it's it, it worked. And, you know, it's uh, we've got a publisher. You know, 2010 it came out. And I promoted it ruthlessly with no <laughs> budget. <laughs> um, turning up at Sportif's and firing every car in the car park really annoyingly. But anything I could do just to get that ball rolling, to tell people it was there. Um. And then, yeah, the rest is is history in a sense.
1: So, just for those that aren't aware, uh, the Hundred Climbs book, your uh, seminal entry into the world of publishing, that came out twenty ten, as you said, and was you know, should we call it a surprising hit? Um, well, every every
0: hit's a surprise. You never know, do you? That's true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a publisher has to take a gamble, but you have to be confident in your idea. And I was confident. I mean, it's, it's sold a lot more than I thought it would. I had a figure in mind. Based on what I thought the cycling population mm-hmm. was, um, and when it reached that, I, I was going to be very happy. But yeah, it's it's you know, I think some of the simple concepts do work, and it's changed my life. And you know, I've still not driven a Lamborghini, but it's yeah, it's it's worked wonders for me.
1: Wonderful. And uh, you know, just give somebody who's never seen the book before sort of a uh, sample of what they should expect. Opening a random page up,
0: um, it's a very simple. Very simple concept. It's basically the rundown of 100 climbs in Britain. These It's not necessarily really the steepest, the longest. or found steeper or found longer. But these are the famous ones, the ones that have made the most to, to cycling um, history, the ones that have been used for races. But yeah, and also the famous passes like hard dot pass that is so steep that cars can't get up it and things like that. Um, and then each page has a photograph taken by myself because I had to visit every climb mm-hmm. um, and then uh, some writing to tell you exactly what it was like. In, in the early days, i will ride up with a little dictaphone in my pocket. And when I get to the top, just splurge out all my initial feelings in this sort of breathless recording. So I've got all these little micro tapes <laughs> of just <gasps> like this. Because um, I think when you've when done it for fresh, yeah. that's when you really, you know, you're you got it, you're in the moment. And and then you've got a little um, sort of uh, profile charts, and then a map and instructions on how to get there. Um, this was all done pre-Strava, pre-online mapping. So I was using your grid references and, mm-hmm. and OS maps, and I was actually drawing profiles by using a piece of cotton. And holding it across the map and marking off contours, um, real old school stuff, and then yeah, about a year later Strava turned up, and I could have just ripped off the profiles of that <laughs> but yeah, did the hard work
1: I've just one quick question, something that's always uh I've always wondered, but you start off your you know original hundred climbs list with Cheddar Gorge as the first one. why Cheddar Gorge very local to us here in bristol why Why is that number one um
0: a couple of reasons i. Again, it's always about design and stuff, and I wanted a, a
1: flow through the
0: book. So I just chose, mm-hmm. and, 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 and each chapter has a colour, and I chose the southwest to start with. So all my books, all my guides start with the southwest, and then they move round southeast, midlands, mm-hmm. up to Scotland, and then back down and finish in Wales. Um, so that was decided that the first chapter is going to be the southwest. And You know, where better in the southwest? To start with a bang, something with real impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the hardest uh, it's a long climb. It's got some little 16% bits down the bottom, but for pure drama, you know, and, and so many people have heard of Cheddar Gorge. <clears mm-hmm. <clears <throat> so if it ever comes up on a list, you've got to have a little bit of a marketing head on whenever you're doing something. Um, you know, and that has impact that first climb.
1: And well, don't ride yeah, it on I... a busy day. No, God, no, I, I we, um, I was saying to somebody that I rarely venture that way in the summer. Yeah. It's a winter climb for me because it is not uh, thronging with motorbikes and buses. But exactly. The other climb that is uh, local-ish to me is my one back home near Creef uh, where I grew up in Quake, which is 165 on the list. That is the, the one that I immediately sought out. And I was so pleased to see that you'd included it because it's my... Uh, it was the climb that I grew up close by and thoroughly didn't enjoy every <laughs> single time I'd go up from it. So it was from Kenmore over to a place called Amelree near ah. um, Dunkeld. Simon is yes. uh, consulting his own book I right now. Book. You know, <laughs> I've just got
0: a book. I've documented these 700 climbs now. So yes, that has got that beautiful hairpin, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Sort of in the After middle, just like fun. a little, a little squiggle. Look backwards and forwards but no no severe gradient but a, a lovely climb Yeah, uh, heading north yeah heads north the better climb is the one out of kenmore heading the other way
1: yes yeah I, I mean so i came out of the kenmore way a couple of years ago after a um sort of winter snow dump and it, it had a snow uh the snow road closed sign at the bottom road closed snow sign rather yeah and I thought, it can't be yeah. that bad. And then I spent mm, three miles at the top pushing ah. through drifts, which was ah. very uh, very epic, but perhaps not the fastest uh, pass in the world. Anyway, the subject of today's podcast is the article that we ran on Bike Radar recently, seven of the steepest climbs in the UK ranked. Now, of course, as you say, the list or the lists aren't necessarily focused on the hardest, but, you know the masochists amongst our listeners want to know what are the most uh, unpleasant climbs you've done. So we're going to go from the list from bottom to top, and you can talk us through each of the climbs and your sort of experiences with them. And we'll start off with a pleasantly local Vale Street in Bristol, which for quite some time, I think, was believed to be one of the steepest uh, residential streets in the world. Is that correct? Y-
0: yes, certainly. Uh, in Europe, um, you could never challenge Dunedin. Uh, to Baldwin Street in Dunedin. That, that always takes the pundits. and so mm. then a couple in San Francisco, but certainly in Europe. And it came to my attention when I was researching my second book. I mean, it's not a famous cycling climb. That's say that mm-hmm. for certain. But it, it has an Easter egg rolling festival, I think, each year, where the residents roll Easter eggs down. It's for some bizarre reason. And it's famed locally in Bristol for being re- just relentlessly, remorselessly steep, but only for this short distance. So, Um. Researching it, I turned up with a family we used to mm-hmm. you yeah, know family holidays were research trips um, i didn't you know wasn't it wasn't part of some glorious hundred mile ride. We just um, mm-hmm. drove to the area, totterdown in in Bristol got the bike out oh God, look at that uh, and it's, you just got to decide are you going to come down the hill and sweep onto it or come up the hill and sweep onto mm-hmm. it because you have you've got to commit one hundred percent to that first little bit i mean looking at the article is it's um
1: John. Um, is that him hmm. in the picture? I'm not sure, actually. That was yeah, one that we pulled know. off, guessing, but there's a man who's struggling up this. Yeah. Unbelievable wait,
0: they're, they're, they're riding really close to the left-hand side. I didn't have the balls hmm. to do that. I went far right against the flow of traffic. And I, I believe <laughs> it may be one way just to lessen the gradient because the other side, there's a flight of steps and a handrail. And I think even Banksy did a painting on it recently. It did, I don't yes. know if that's there anymore. It's it probably been ripped uh, off I, and put in a museum.
1: Taken away or possibly ripped off and sold for enormous sums by the house owners. I think that's what yeah, I'm certainly be doing. We now
0: live in Malibu, um, no doubt. But yeah, so it's just it's it's all about that first like twenty meters, and it's about it's about trusting your legs and having faith that you've got a large enough rear sprocket and you know giving it one hundred percent. And once you're through there, you know, it's it's basically about another sixty meters to the finish, and you ticked it off. Well, So nothing really to shout about, apart from the ridiculously steep gradient at the
1: base. It is also worth going for, I mean, honestly, the photo in the article, the houses lined up along the side, the uh, terracing is completely yes. mad. It's worth looking at. And I mean, I, I, as a fun aside, uh, Stan Portis, who is one of our digital writers and bike radar, he went to primary school right next to it. So ah. there you go. Oh, and rumour is
0: uh, residents have to park their cars sideways. To stop them rolling down the hill, especially in the winter.
1: There you go. Uh, Next up, we have Trooper Lane in Halifax, which itself has a very, very uh, scary looking gradient there, but has the added spice of cobbles.
0: Yeah. So anyone who thinks of cobbles thinks of Belgium, thinks of Flanders, thinks of Eau de Quermont and uh, the and stuff. But uh, Calderdale and around Halifax, Keighley in in Yorkshire has, has the You know, better, certainly equal, but I'd say steeper climbs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Places like the Shibden Wall, Gibb Lane, um, Thwaites Brow, um, Old Lane. These are the famous sort of cobble climbs there. yes, sort of heritage roads. And then at the very top of the pile is Trooper Lane. Um, Because Trooper Lane, not only does it have cobbles, but it also has a 30% section towards the top. And it, it is simply evil. (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean, the bottom of the climb is, is paved and about 20%, and that's hard enough. But when you hit the cobbles, it's, it's just survival. Um, it's a hilarious road. I'd love to see, you know, a big pro race go mm. and tackle all those cobbled climbs. But I'm just worried that tri- AAA is very narrow. If you meet a car coming down AAA, because it's two-way, um oh, is it? i mean
1: god i i thought it was like a pedestrianized street no it it's, even it's even a proper road
0: like there's there's loads of houses at the top <laughs> and houses all the way along it and it's because sort of, i met um a car coming down it once and it's like just you're, you're committed and you know if you put your foot down there's very little chance you're getting going again so you've got to sort of suck your arms in and squeeze right next <laughs> to the hedge to try pres- well giving the driver dead eyes like move across to, to get a <laughs> bit of space um Actually, did some filming on it years ago. Yeah, I did about 20 reps. Um, oh,
1: I'm sorry to hear that. That's that's uh, it's all training, out.
0: it's all training. never never complain. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is it's, it's laughable. Uh, but that's what makes it so good. It's just, just that just you know crazy challenge of getting to the top
1: mm. and only 769 meters of uh, of length as well yeah so much narrative in such a short amount of time (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) uh moving on we have the rosedale chimney in the north york moors a slightly longer climb at 1.3 kilometers and topping out at 33 percent according to your article talk us through that one
0: well rosedale is is, it's the jewel in the crown of the north york moors it was one of the first Climbs I wrote down when I was compiling my first 100 climbs list. Um, I'd never been there, but I'd heard about it. I'd heard so much about it. Everyone's heard of Rosedale Chimney or Chimney Bank, you know, whispered in club rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, there are lots of steep climbs in the North York Moors, um, so much so that, you know, instead of just getting one 30% signed and they made about 10 and then dotted them all around, uh, virtually every road g- goes up like a ramp. But uh, Rosedale's the hardest. I, I say it sort of with hesitation because a lot of people will argue the case that Blakey Banks harder or Caper Hill's harder um, or Boltby Banks harder. And, you know, I have ridden them all and I have made my sort of arguments for it. But I think because the middle section of Rosedale is so r- stupidly steep um, and you sort of hit it from a, a tight corner um, that you can't get much of a run-up. And that's what sets it apart. Um you you come out of Rosedale, a little village in the valley, and you, you're bombarded by warning signs. It's not Las Vegas, <laughs> but for hill climb signs. Um, so, you, you know, for faint of heart, you know, turn around now. And whenever you ride it there, you'll always have some local chuckling under their breath when they see you heading up. Mm. Uh, or some of the locals say, oh, I used to ride that up, up there as a lad on my push bike and um, <laughs> never bothered me. I um, yeah, actually, met, actually <laughs> met one guy who commuted across it. <laughs> one day wow. he was coming home from work rides it every day which is just insane but yeah it's one of those yeah again another bit like the start of um, vale street you know you get round through this couple of steep bends and you see this ramp in front of you and it's yeah it's, it's do or die uh, the first time i did it i died i chain snapped i was on my old winter oh, bike wow. and it's you always fear your chain snapping. you think you, you're gonna you know castrate yourself on the handlebars but it's, it's never mm-hmm. as bad as you just have this sort of lost you've got to clip out quickly and, mm-hmm. and hit, hit the deck um so i rolled back down into rosedale took a link out fixed it badly so it snapped again next oh, time me. it worked because i was just in a bit of a rush um and yeah then made it and it's a couple of years later when i went back with my best bike and i gave it a bit of a, a bit of a bash with a bit of tailwind uh, but it is it's, it's it's stupid crazy and it's got a big history in cycling in the old days when the people who run bike races in this country had the courage mm. to send the races up <laughs> decent Hills because they don't anymore. Then, you know, you see the milk race, the tour of Britain going up there. And this is the days when we had steel bikes and 4221 was your lowest gear. And yeah, just knee snappingly good videos on YouTube. Um, and yeah, and yeah, and the crowd loves it. Of course. So, who yeah. doesn't,
1: you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like going to watch NASCAR. You don't go for the racing. You go for the crashes. You exactly. go for the drama. <laughs> yeah. It's a blood sport. <laughs> Next up, we have Hard Knot Pass. Probably the most scenic uh, climb on this list, would you say? Uh,
0: yes, certainly. Um, I'll just double check the list to make sure. Uh, yes, I would say so. Um, and again, one of the most famous raids, roads in the country. Uh, when, when I was younger, me and my friend Nick Burton uh, he, he his dad had a, it was like a geography teacher. He was also the headmaster at our primary school, and he had loads of maps. And he come down. He came down the Lake District map just to just to show me how many chevrons there were there were mm. on this road called Hard Not Pass, and it almost obliterated the road. And that 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 became legend in my head. I'd never been to the Lake District, it was, you know, it was this this land where there were dragons in the far north mm-hmm. of the country. I'd never been there. It wasn't likely to go there in imminent future. But I'd, that that sort of road with those chevrons had stuck in my head. Um, and then the very first time I actually rode up uh, Hard Knock Pass was during the Fred and Sportif. Oh, yes.
1: Um, just because you of- wanted to, you know, why not go up? this climb on, one of the hardest sportives uh, going.
0: It was the genuine experience. That is the best way to approach it. You've got 100 miles in your legs. It's probably been snowing. And you head into Eskdale, and there's that first moment when you glance it on the horizon. You, You just, you know, your heart falls. You just, you know, you can't believe it exists. You know, did they actually build that road up there? And you'll see riders dotted up, weaving around. And it is terrifying um i mean i've written it you know 10 times it's every time you go you just you don't want to do it <laughs> uh, you know you pass that first category at the bottom and it's already 25 percent and you just you're looking for every scrap of lesser gradient as you climb up um you've got a really nice bit in the middle where you can gather yourself uh and then there's that last bit of that first day i cramped on the the 33 percent bit um and i was screaming like a baby it was it was horrific <laughs> uh uh so the side of the road but then I, I, the clocks always ticking in the Fredwitz, and so as soon as i could walk i was walking and as soon as i could ride i was riding and got going and exactly the same thing happened to me 3 years in a row until i finally succumbed and fitted a compact chainry <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah not want to lose my pride and yeah, and have us nice. you know not not do it on 3926 um yeah that just wasn't possible with with my build and conditioning so yeah but then uh, yeah once i'd fit in a compact i did it good for I you i have and to say that it. after that oh, oh, sorry after that then. first that first fredwit and the next day i went straight back and rode it fresh freshish and, and, and beat it so because well, i don't I'm, like being beaten by a hill
1: no who does well i have to admit i had a pretty terrible day on the bike yes i really wasn't feeling very fresh i got off Twice oh. on a climb yesterday oh, up Coombe. I felt absolutely rubbish. Didn't push, but I had to stop. As pathetic, I, I wasn't having the it's best early table.
0: season. No, 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 no one's no one's at peak fitness in January. Eh?
1: No, I did also get quite drunk on Friday, so I think yeah. I was probably su- suffering from that. Anyway, uh, to paraphrase you briefly on this one, uh, this really tickled me. You said it was hard to describe the depravity of that climb. I thought that was very, um, yeah, yeah, very floral, very floral way of describing. This beautiful serpentine uh, climb. Now I'm going to hand over to you, actually, uh, Simon, because I don't want to pronounce this Welsh place name L- incorrectly. Oh,
0: no, and my Welsh pronunciation isn't very good either. So, uh, what Ford Penlech? Probably it sound
1: good. It sounded very yeah.
0: good. Or Harlech Castle, which Harle you Castellula, could say yeah. sounds. So this is the this is the road in Wales which last year or the year before, proclaimed to the world it was the steepest residential street in the world. They got Guinness down to measure it and took the record. Um, once news has spread around the world to to Dunedin in uh, New Zealand, South Island, to Baldwin Street, who previously claimed the record, uh, it was like, wait a minute, they're not having mm-hmm. that. So they had it remeasured, and no, it's not the steepest residential road in the world. Baldwin Street is purely because they measured around a corner in Harlech, where mm. it does approach 40%, um, but it's not 40%. I, I mean, the reason this road is famous is because at the top there is a 40% sign, and there's not any of those in this country. Um, and the other thing is, it's a one way street, but in mm-hmm. order to climb it, you've got to go against the traffic. Uh, which is is a little bit,
1: it's a little bit naughty. <laughs>
0: There's a couple of those in my book, but cyclists don't pay attention to the rows of the rules of the road. They're always riding <laughs> on pavements, never go through you know, the bloody menace. Um, no, our
1: reader, our good readers at bike Creator would never be caught can No, no, never do that. Training,
0: so yeah, it's it, again, and, and and again, like Vale Street, like Rosedale Chimney, the bottom corner of Harleck needs full-on. Yeah, it's mm. it, it is they say 40%, but it's not, it's been measured like 28.6. Um But let's say it's 30. But yeah, that corner is ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. Ride wide, keep your eyes looking up, and you will have to bend your neck to look up because it's that steep in case anything's coming down. I had a Land Rover on there once that didn't take lightly to me, didn't take kindly to me being there, tried -hmm. to run me off the road. But I kept going, got into the verge. Um, around the 40, 30% quarter, it does back off a bit, but it never really relinquishes its its severity until you sort of collapse in the middle of Harlech, <laughs> surrounded by tourists wondering why you're in such a state. Um, it's one of those climbs, a bit like Gold Hill, Shaftesbury, if you're going to ride it, you've got to accept that you're also going to be the center of attention to any tourists and onlookers. So be prepared f- for that. So, you yeah, know, you've got to look good because
1: uh, everyone's watching. You've got to really hammer up, really exactly. hammer up the, Yeah. The yeah it, it's it's like... The end.
0: Oh, it's like well, if you go ever go to a bike race and you ride up a climb, where before the race gets there, you've got to look casual. You, you can be really hurting on the inside, but you've got to look like, oh yeah, I'm just out to see a bike race, especially on, you know the, in Belgium and the common climbs. So yeah, don't give anything away. Just internalize it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's very funny. Um, and uh, on this hill climb, there was actually a closed hill climb held on it think in 2019 if i remember there correctly. was yes and um, did you attend that one
0: i didn't know I, I couldn't re- make it for some reason um
1: because you didn't I, want the worst day out of your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, i don't know if I, how i would have fared um mm-hmm. i know dad evans from wells is pretty pretty keen on it winning but he did Callan callum brown from sheffield who's is unbeatable over that sort of effort he, he mm-hmm. took the crown by some distance um but no, I missed out on that one.
1: Dodge I'd like bullet. to know, as a bit of data analysis, I would like to see, of the all the claims that you have uh, done, the sort of split between Tom Bell, Andrew Feather, and Dan Evans, who holds uh, the KOMs amongst them all. That uh, could be a bit of yeah, Yeah, a
0: bit, of, bit data. of data. Uh, I know I know a man who knows a lot about data. I'm sure he could rip that out of Strava quite quite quickly. There uh,
1: we go. Well, I Unfortunately for like Dan, accrediting- he's getting old <laughs> now. Yeah. <but>, uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Tom, uh, feather Andrew, the Tom Bell Andrew Feather um, head-to-head. It's going to last a couple of years,
1: I think. It's, I hope you know, so. It's, it, makes it was a immense fantastic, on winners. It makes for fantastic content on Bike Radar. And it Tom does. Bell and Andrew are both close friends of the site. So we're uh, always, um, always chapping at their door looking for uh, scoops. Anyway, on to the next one, which I believe was uh, previously what you thought to be one of the steepest climbs in Wales or in the UK rather is, uh, is it afon or avon I think afon yes. I think du means black
0: and Afon means river. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one was, yeah, because I'm always surprised by finding a new climb, but I'm sort of half excited and half, ah, I've missed it. I should have known Mm -hmm. about this. Um, You know, you're obviously not going to miss hard knots and stuff but this this is a service road up to a water treatment plant mm-hmm. i've ridden past it 20 times down the conway valley and never seen it it's only until someone says oh, have you been up there no really there's a hill there and then you realize there's a little road goes up there and the locals know about it they call it the mini zoncalon
1: because yeah. it,
0: it's, it's just compact it's about it's got a similar altitude but just zigzags rapidly um, and it was dan evans um national hill climb Champion twice who 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 put me onto it. I saw he had written it on his Strava feed. And if he really struggles up a hill, you know it's bad. Um so it was when I was sort of researching this new list of clients, my X List, which I released earlier in the year. I thought, well, I'm gonna have to go and write that. And it, it was quite frankly ridiculous. And the last section, the the picture in um in the magazine, I had to pause at the bottom of that it's like looking at a skyscraper
1: mm-hmm.
0: um there's a little there's this, this handling this little sort of plateau in the corner so i did a couple of circles just, mm-hmm. just got my breath back and then went up and i was on i was on my, my second bike which had a compact on so i had a 39 no sorry not 34 29 but i only just made it and it, it, it was the hardest thing i've ever done uh just a pure <laughs> you know well i say hardest thing i've ever done until we get to the next climb um yeah, it was just ridiculous. Um, I, I went back, yeah, you know, just beyond excited, and told everyone I knew. Rang up mm-hmm. um, a, a sister publication of yours, Cycle Weekly. I guess we we're in the mm-hmm. same house now. It's you know my mate there, Vern. Vern, Vern, we've got to do a story on this. So he sent me back a, a few weeks later. I met up with Dan and Jess. And we went up, um, but I had bike issues. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I snapped a pedal on the steep bit, unclearly. <laughs> Uh, fell over sideways, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Jess just missed me. I mean, Dan had already danced off a bit like it was flat. Um, but yeah, sort of. I, mean, I rolled down like a snowball. Um, Jess just missed me and got round me. It, it was incredibly embarrassing. Lucky our photographer hadn't fired off enough shots of my embarrassment, or if he has, he's been very kind and not released <laughs> them to the public. Um, but I was slightly crestfallen then. Um, so I may have to go back. But then I did ride it the first time, so probably not. But um, yeah, it is that it is that steep that you can actually snap a pedal putting you know, so much force through it.
1: I should say actually, with all these climbs, if you are looking to um, you know find out where they are, you can either go on Simon's website or you can buy one of his books, or you do also have uh, an app, I believe, which lists all these climbs.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so a few years after the first book, um, I always had this idea of an app, and we found a guy who would. Um, Right, Stuart, it says you can build it. And it basically, it mirrors the content of the books, but it gives the added um, sort of links with Strava. So, you, mm-hmm. it, And it gives you a score on your homepage. So as soon as you've ridden a climb, your score ticks over. So the, my idea was that you go down the pub and you show your mate, oh, I've got 69 now, you've still only got 65. And people keep mm-hmm. building them all. And I give you a gold badge, or i send you a gold badge when you've clicked or uh, ridden all 100 of the original hundred but then we we've added on um the book the climbs from another hundred climbs then all my regional books um and and, until this year all the content had mirrored the book content but with the added functionality of of you know gps taking you to the climb and and linking with strava but this year i've added another hundred because over the time People always send me requests of climbs. Well, why haven't you been here? Why haven't you been mm-hmm. there? And there's always been an excuse. I've never heard of it, or I've never made it. But I put, I made made amends basically. So mm-hmm. the last year, I spent six months travelling around. Uh, so we were coming out of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, went to some far reaches of Scotland, which I'd never been to, and then done these crazy roads like this one here. Uh, documented them all and created another hundred amazing roads you know we 're not talking mm. famous like Rosedale or hardnock, but each one amazing roads and i 've uh, dubbed it the x list, um, which yeah, sounds good because um, it 's it, exclusive content to the app um, mm. uh, and, and some people know are annoyed. Oh, simon i 've only i 've only done so many of the the first list and the second list, and now i 've got another one, but you know i 'm mm. not going to put pressure on people. As, you know, there are completists out there, but you know i 'm just desperate to share the the knowledge I've gained from, from my mm-hmm. adventures and pass it on. Because you never know on your doorstep, there could be a surprise you know, waiting that you never you know knew existed.
1: Well, I will so. definitely have a little sniff of that one, see what horrors lurk in my neighborhood that I haven't come across before. Uh, and then finally, finishing off top of the list, what you consider the authority of awful climbs in the UK to be the hardest climb in the UK, Bamford Cloak. Clough. Clough? Clough. I say, I say Clough. I I believe that. A brutalist
0: sort of, uh, grasp of the language.
1: Well, that's Um, fine. I'm going with the kind of, uh, Gaelic pronunciation. I'm not, I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Who am I kidding? Carry on. (laughs) So this, this,
0: this has only been in existence since last summer. Um, Previously, it'd been a track, a gravel track, and it was Mm -hmm. well known to mountain bikers. Uh, My friend Ben Lowe from VeloViewer, he'd been up there a few times with his mountain bike, and he sort of he'd been out there and he'd seen something going on. There's lots of barriers being put up, and he found out it was being tarmacked. It's like they're tarmacking this road out there. I'm fucked off. I say, yeah, okay, yeah, another climb. Okay, I'll see it when it's done. And then the thirty-five percent signs went up. Wait a minute, this is serious. This isn't it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, the story goes that there's some electric cables up there which need constant sort of maintenance, um, and the four wheel drives to get there just simply would just it, the the track had become so um, the word deteriorated uh, deteriorated yes over the years that they just couldn't get up. So someone stumped up the cash to have it. Tarmac, and we're all um the 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 uh, we're all the more anyway, we're all better off for it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um
0: so all of a sudden this beautiful silky smooth layer of tarmac have been laid at a 35% gradient on this road which is no more than five miles from my house. And it's like as soon as open, we're going. So mm-hmm. head out there with Ben. Now there's there's a slight sub context i just replaced the inner ring on my compact chain set the 34 mm-hmm. was loose, and i i put on a new one but i cheaped out and bought a campag one because it was 110 pound and i mm-hmm. bought a mish one for 30 pound mm-hmm. and under normal circumstances it would have probably been all right but when it was put to the test of this climb it my chain just jumped off and oh, no. as ben walked away into the distance i mean even the lower slopes are ridiculous and there's always leaf cover there it was slippy even on a nice dry day um and you you look at it up ahead of you and it's just hideous and a bend just rode off and i i my chain jumped off so god okay okay well my foot down now so that's ruined but I put the chain back on because i hadn't really worked out what happened and it just did it again and then that was it i knew i wasn't going to make it so i I took my shoes off and just walked up and of course Ben snapped a, <laughs> snapped a picture of me yeah the walk of shame <laughs> it's straight on it was straight it was on twitter before I even got to the top mr hill climbs so here funny. walking up Bamford Club. that's that's what makes it for isn't it
1: um, in your, oh, just in your berries that is absolutely so cracking. I
0: was just yeah I was, I was crestfallen it's beating me and it, it got into my skin and the, that that so the next day I thought, I'm not having this so, um, I went out again, um, I, I tweaked the bike and I thought it might be the, the, the rear mech. So actually I hadn't twigged. It was the chain ring. Um, I went out, uh, I, I, I didn't ride all the way out this time. I, just, I parked uh, close by, um, and then of road and then there's a little hill on the way. So I thought, oh, I'll thought i give it four gas on here to test the equipment and then crunch, the chain came off and it tore tied itself in a knot around the bottom bracket. And no. oh, I mean, I just, I just, uh, I could have cried. Uh, luckily, um, oh, what was it, Dave I Yeah, Lizzie Banks. Lizzie Banks rolled up. Um, top, oh, of course. Top well, female. female. Yeah, exactly. Top female pro cyclist. She was my guardian angel. She just came to my, my, my rescue because I was in sort, of, sort of a dark place. Um, and yeah, she helped me get the bike back together and uh, we rode back and I told her the story. I've been beaten by this climb. I've not, I don't think I'm going to make it, you know, something's conspiring against me. And even though I hadn't really been beaten by its steepest bit of gradient, mm-hmm. it started to eat away at my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was actually having bad dreams about it. So. I went on, really
1: funny, Simon. I'm y- yeah. not going you know, to I know no, no. this is deeply traumatic for you, but for yeah, an outsider, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolutely bananas.
0: Yeah, yeah. don't, don't bully me. Um, and uh, so I had to fork out for a proper Campag chain rig. I think I've got the last uh, five-arm 34-tooth Campag chain rig in the country. Pop it on. Everything's running five. New chain. You know, everything's tipped up now. Mm. And I went out. We went out this time with uh, the photographer because – uh, again, I was on the phone. Vern, it's like you've, you never. I found an even steeper one. Yeah, we, we're going to have to go ride this. I know. I said the last one was the steepest. This is worse. Um, so I went out with Ben again, so he could laugh at me. And at this time, I just had to do it. And with a thirty-four and a twenty at the front, a twenty-nine at the back. And at the first, there's still barriers there. They might have gone now, but you had to jump around the barrier onto the bit of mud and then back onto the road. Did that, ticked off. Up the first bit, through the leaves, ticked off. Okay, things are going well, but just don't look up. You know, it really is every single pedal rev. And then you Mm -hmm. get to the middle bit, and it is just hideous. And I'm just pulling on the bars. And then as soon as you get to the end of that, there's a a storm duct made with cobbles, which Mm -hmm. forces your front wheel up another like five degrees. And you just got to push over that. But once you're over that, you're home free. It's only 25% from there on. And the relief... You know, it, I mean I screamed with joy. It was just the most fantastic <laughs> feeling. I've done it. You know, no hill has beaten me now. Um and yeah, I've still got this clean slate. So yeah, you know, something may turn up. I mean, there's one in Italy, but that doesn't count. But because <laughs> um, you no one's getting up that. But it's yeah, it was it was a, a huge relief and it, it's such a fantastic challenge. Um I mean, quite a quite a few people have been there now. Um some people's times up there are just quite ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. I did find out that, um, I don't know if he's got the camera anyways, quite close. Andy Nichols actually got off and walked a bit and got on his bike, but yeah, I don't say I did. I tell you that. Um, yeah, it is, it is, it is a challenge of all challenges, um, for the and dry.
1: In the dry. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. definitely one for the dry out of boring professional curiosity. Is it a dead end or does it lead to No, end?
0: no, it's, it, 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 it it's, it, you can come out to the top so you can go around and do reps if you want um it's a thoroughfare you'll see quite a few people walking on it because it's a popular place for people to go walking. um there's a sign saying don't ride down and honestly, it's just it's scary going down it really is Mm. um of course dan embers went down his front wheel pulling an endo he's immensely talented um i mean there's quite a bit of video content out there yeah GCN and everyone have been up it um ollie Ollie bridgewood failed though um, nah, that's what i like to hear yeah yeah <laughs> sorry sorry if you're listening uh he did turn over the right wrong...
1: we'll have to get you to call up to bike radar next time you hear about a steep climb i promise we'll be there to make you famous
0: yes <laughs>
1: um
0: but yeah it is it is my it is it is my uh my task in life now to to, to ride them all that's my catchphrase uh, and document them all just just shed the spread the
1: joy the joy, I'm sure for many it's a joy, and for many others it is uh, you have created a, a monster. A yes. A monster that has grown beyond your wildest expectations. Exactly. Um, so in terms of sort of climbing for you this year, it's early days in 2022. What's on the cards in the world of unpleasant climbs, and will we see you at any hill climbs this year?
0: Um, well, on the cards, hoping, touch wood, isn't it? Would hear, sort of like here. here. Um, I want to get back abroad. Um, I'm 64 oh, yeah, nice. of a hundred through a book on Spain uh-huh. until COVID arrived. Um, so the last two summers, we've not left the country. I've been bold enough as to book a trip to Gran Canaria at Easter with the family mm-hmm. to kickstart it, and then I've got two other trips penciled in to finish that task off because um, I've done Italy and France, so I had to do Spain to complete that trilogy. Um, so. That's my dream to just get back into some big mountains. Um, really missed it. Yeah.
1: Um, I think you're just, not alone in that. We, we had a good chat yeah. and the previous or a couple of episodes back, I should say, by the time this goes out of the podcast, we were talking about our 2022 riding goals. And one of the kind of overriding themes would be like, Ooh, be nice to not ride here, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> but there, yeah, there are lots of places to ride here. As, as my, uh, mm-hmm. my big book, my Ride Britain coffee table book, that that, that was my, my lockdown book to, so people could discover what's on their doorstep and do big rides in this country. But mm-hmm. yeah, we all want to go to the Alps. We all want to go to the Pyrenees and, you know, to New York. I mean, some people have, and they've been, it's risky. I just thought, it's just, you know, but we, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, I say we are. Who knows? Um, yeah. And apart from that, yeah, I'll, I'll be back at some hill climbs. I might have a, t- I'm still scarred from when it's passed. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. never been in such a bad way. I went so fast at the bottom and I, died a thousand deaths uh and it was such a cold rainy day it was, it was epic um yes, and i, I always
1: think some of the reports from that are some of the finest i've read in yeah sort of, uh annals of hill climb history jeff wears, one. Yeah. Mm. Jeff, jeff wears yeah jeff wears is very interesting yeah yes.
0: brilliant. i mean he's 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 a brilliant guy jeff uh, he just puts us all to shame yeah, he'll mm. be out milking the cows in the morning, turn up and beat a load of people, and then go home again and milk the cows again. And just, yeah, sports science goes out the window. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah, it just makes a mockery of us all.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, uh, Jeff Ware, so, for those who haven't perhaps seen Hill Climb Diaries, Jeff Ware is a farmer by trade who lives near Porlock, another very unpleasant climb in the UK. Uh, and he shows up at Hill Climb's in. Uh, baggy jeans or not baggy jeans rather baggy mountain bike shorts a sort of checked shirt fries as bacon and lard and yeah. <laughs> as a whale of a time <laughs> yeah <laughs> while
0: well, everyone else is sitting nervous in their car biting their nails um yeah it puts a fresh perspective on it but hill climbing is full of these sort of characters uh, we're, all, yes. we're all we're all lunatics in our own special way mm-hmm.
1: well Thank you very, very much, Simon, for talking us through your lunacy. Uh, Again, that article is on Bike Radar. It's seven of the steepest climbs in the UK ranked. It's very, very funny. There's some great photos in it. And let us know in the comments there some of your favourite climbs from your local area, maybe some of your least favourite climbs as well. Um, Simon, thank you very much for coming on. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a cheeky little five-star rating if you think we deserve it. Thanks very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com.